Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Nerd Unscripted. This is your host, Tony Laddig. And you might notice that the splash screen today is the uh, webpage for Nerd Unscripted. And that's primarily because I forgot to um, pack, quote unquote, <laughs> the actual PowerPoint for Nerd Unscripted. It's on my computer at home. Excuse me. So I am uh, on my laptop, which I don't actually use a lot. We use it more for our uh, toy store than anything. And so we're just going to go with the flow. After all, this is technically a podcast and only the audio will get uploaded. So you guys can enjoy watching the <laughs> website. I also apologize because we've been like walking and uh, shopping at the show nonstop. We're in uh, New Orleans this week and uh, we're attending Astra, which is the American Specialty Toy Retailers Association. And um, it's been awesome. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, we spent Sunday in workshops all day. And then uh, starting yesterday, the uh, marketplace is open. So imagine like every, pretty much every toy manufacturer that you can think of all being in one place showing off their stuff so we've been having a good time my personal favorite time um so far is when we were at the warhammer display um we were talking to the warhammer folks so we could uh, have it in an urge store and they have these big dice they're like nine nine or ten inches square and we saw them last year, and I wanted a pair, and they wouldn't give them to us. And so this year, they also wouldn't give them to us. And so I picked up a pair of them, and I made the guy a deal. I said, if I roll a nine, I get to keep the dice. Actually, I said that we'd get our whole order free, and they wouldn't agree to that anyway. <clears throat> so he's like, I'll tell you what. If you roll a nine, you can keep the dice. And he was pretty dang confident until I rolled a nine which I knew was like a foredrawn conclusion it was going to happen. So guess what we have now? Um, <laughs> big nine-inch dice. They're made out of foam. They're red. They're pretty awesome looking. But um, anyway, so, you know, energetic control comes in handy once in a while. <laughs> Especially when you want to get dice or try to save $4,500 on your order. Um, but anyway, enough about our fun and frivolity here. Um, today I thought we would, for this show, kind of pick up where we left off last week. Uh, last week we were talking about, uh, the power of gratitude and, um, I got a lot of feedback from, uh, many of you just sharing how much you enjoyed the show and, uh, how powerful you've seen gratitude work in your own life. And so I thought that we'd kind of, uh, pick up from there. Um, because there is another step to the process. And I alluded to it last week when we were talking. And uh, so I thought I would just kind of go there because it's probably the most unpopular topic that I could possibly pick. Um, and that is responsibility, taking responsibility. But um, whether it's popular or not doesn't really matter because the reality is that um, pretty much your entire life and how it is ultimately comes down to you taking responsibility for it. 
Um, now, obviously, there's externals that are beyond your control, and I understand that. But when you get down to the day-to-day -day decisions um, in your personal life, in your business life, you know, all of that, um, it's real easy for all of us, and I mean all of us, to play the blame game or to make excuses or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, and, you know, those are what keep us stuck. And, and it's funny, um, I had this, uh, whenever you get your badge for Astra, they have this section where you can put these little, like, um, flags or like little tags that attach to the bottom of your badge. And they have all kinds of phrases like um, new member or first timer and some of those kinds of things. But they also have like superstar and uh, cool stuff like that. They didn't have as many this year as they did last year. But the one that I grabbed first was Growth Hacker. And... Uh, and what was interesting is several of the booths that we visited, we we're talking to the vendors, and one of the vendors would say, what's a growth hacker? And and it was funny because I got to share what a growth hacker was. I was a little bit surprised how many people didn't know what a growth hacker was. But anyway, I just told them, I said, you know, we all get stuck in our lives, whether it's personal, uh, business, whatever, and we can't figure out how to move on. A growth hacker is somebody that uh, can help you get past that block and move to the next level. And they're like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. And I kind of see uh, responsibility, like gratitude and, and taking responsibility for your own actions. Those two things together are the ultimate growth hack one-two punch. You can't get anywhere in life, anything you want to accomplish, which... Um, is limitless if you step into that. Uh, you're not going to get there without A, gratitude, B, growth hacking, or taking responsibility, which, again, you know, both of those are total, like the number one and two punch of growth hacking your life. And, and it's funny because, like, Kristen and I, while we've been here, we've had conversations. They throw these crazy wild parties. Um, <laughs> toy people that had a party, I'll tell you what. And um, so we were at this one party. Um, I guess it was Sunday night. And uh, they had it at Mardi Gras World, which is where they build the Mardi Gras floats and where they store them and everything. And uh, it's such an insane place. Um, I could have like pitched a tent and stayed, but, um, they, uh, attached to the main warehouse where they keep the floats. They have this other area where you walk into this house and it seems like a normal house and then you go out the front doors and all of a sudden you're in this environment. And later we found out that it was built by Disney Imagineers, which is not really surprising, but. Uh, like full-size trees and all of that and the sky, except it wasn't really a sky. You know, it was all self-contained. So nothing was real, but everything appeared real. And, and it was super cool. So while other people were standing around drinking and talking and all of that, Kristen and I were walking around trying to figure out how to build this in our next store, of course. Because um, <laughs> that's just how we roll. But we were talking with um, 
another couple at one point, and they were toy store owners, and uh, they were asking about our store and what we're doing and all of that. And so we shared a little bit of our vision with them, and it just kind of popped their brain. Um, it was kind of interesting. It's like, I'm getting tired just listening to you guys, the woman said. And and I it made me think, you know, it's not uncommon. We've, we've heard that time and again. Like, how do you guys sleep? And when do you sleep and all of that? And the, the truth is that we take massive action, of course. And, um, and the two things that we're very proactive with um, is gratitude and taking responsibility. You know, um, you can BS your way through life. You can make excuses. You can blame other people. You can do all that kind of stuff. Um, it isn't going to get you to where you want to be unless you want to live a, a boring, excuse-filled, lackadaisical, stress-filled life. Um, if that's what you're after, if you're after complacency and excuses and watching other people achieve what you aren't, um, I can tell you how to get there too. Um, it's called sit on your ass and do nothing um, and blame other people. But if you really want to accomplish what you're meant to accomplish on this planet, um, you can't blame people for your own shit. You know, um, yes, bad stuff happens. There are people in this world that are idiots. Um, and folks will rip you off. Folks will say things about you that aren't true. Like once you accept that that's all just never going to go away and not focus on it, but focus on gratitude instead and your plan, then none of that other shit matters. Honestly, I mean, I really don't care. Um, and it's taken me a while to get there. And sometimes I fall back into that just like everybody does, you know. Especially whenever I see, you know, dumbasses ripping off my courses that I've worked long and hard to create and they post them on black hat sites and then charge, you know, 30 bucks for something I was charging $197 for because it was worth it. That upsets me, partly because they're breaking the law, you know, and I, uh, I don't appreciate people breaking the law with my stuff, but ultimately if I live in that space of, you know, they're stealing from me and they're this and they're that. Like, I really had to explore why it bothered me so much. Uh, and it isn't to um, uh, let them off the hook. Like, there's nothing that I'm talking about here today that's letting anybody off the hook. Okay. Um, if people you know, are doing things wrong to you that violate the law and all that kind of stuff, they're still breaking the law. But how you respond to that situation, you know, if your husband's beating the shit out of you, you can't take responsibility for that. It's not your fault. He's an idiot, you know. Um, and there's been a lot of situations where, you know, that we've been in specifically regarding abuse where you know, I've heard church folks say and other people say, well, you got to turn the other cheek and you got to pray for him and all of this kind of stuff. Um, not when he's beating the hell out of you. You don't. You know, I remember when we were in the leadership, um, when I could pastor the church that I was involved in, there was one of our parishioners came to us and um, 
her husband was abusing her. He was beating her. And um, she came to one of our meetings of just the leadership. And uh, as the discussion went on and on, you know, they're talking about praying for him and going and meeting with him and hang in there, you know, you don't, you know, that's what the Bible says. You don't want a divorce and blah, blah, blah. And they're going on and on and on. And finally I said, are you people insane? He's beating her. We need to get her out of that situation. And they wouldn't do it. They said, well, we, we really should go talk to him first and all that. I'm like, you go talk to him. So they went and talked to him. Of course, nothing changed. The dude was insane. You know, he ended up in a mental hospital and then ultimately in prison. And so we set out to connect with women in need. We got her out of there, my former wife and I. We got her out of that situation. <clears throat> Everybody else just wanted to pray and sit on our ass and do nothing. They wouldn't take responsibility. And so um, we got her out. Now she's happily married. Um, her kids have grown. Uh, two of them are happily married. And uh, the dude, he's in prison where he should be. And so, like, there's sometimes what people are willing to put up with in their lives because maybe they're afraid to make a change. Maybe, and I'm not just talking about abuse here. It can be anything, you know. Like, we have this dream and we really, really, really want it, but yet it never seems to happen. You know, do you ever wonder why not? Probably have. You know, wonder why this isn't working out for me. Like I try and then it's like everything comes up against me or I, you know, I, I do it and then nothing happens and I'm not making enough money from it. And so then I have to go back to whatever else. And, you know, Kristen and I face that stuff. You know, we're not superhuman for Christ's sake. We go through it just like everyone else does. You know, I mean... Uh, take our toy store, for instance, you know, we'll just keep this real. Take our toy store, for instance, we've been in business almost a year. It's been 11 months and, uh, it's been an awesome experience. We've loved it. It's growing. The community loves it. The feedback has been good, but, um, are we profitable? No, we're not. Because it depends on how you factor it in. You include payroll and everything, like all of our payroll. No, we're not profitable. But we're not looking at it from that perspective. You know, it's business. We knew that it, that it would be this way. You don't open a brand new retail store knowing nothing about retail and knock it out of the park to the tune of hundreds of thousands of dollars. Nobody does that. You know, and we had a much, much bigger vision that we planned for. So we were investing heavily in the grand vision from day one, which meant we were going to be upside down and we knew it. Okay. But we've still taken action. We've still done whatever. And you want to know what? Even in the most strenuous, stress-filled uh, times of how are we going to pay this? Or what are we going to do about that? Or did we make the right decision or whatever? We always come back to, yeah, we did, and we're going to keep moving forward. And you want to know what? We've never had a time where nothing, or, you know, where everything got paid when it needed to and all of that. It's always worked out. Why? Two reasons. A, we fight to stay in gratitude. Like it's a conscious decision that we have to make 
um, gratitude for the store, for the products, for the vendors, for our employees, for the community, for our customers, all of it. And B, we take responsibility. Whenever we screw up, we change. And we've, we've gotten things wrong in this process. We're going to get more things wrong in the process. And there are some things that we thought we got wrong that ultimately we realized that we got right. But taking responsibility is, is essential. It's like the way I see it is um, gratitude starts your car. Taking responsibility puts your foot on the gas. And it seems like many of us get stuck in this place of we start the car and we can hear it running and it's exciting. I'm going to do this. You know, I'm going to finally move past this and I'm going to create the thing that I want to create, whatever it is, fill in the blank. And then we sit there with the car in park, our foot on a brake, and we're like, it's not going anywhere. Like, what's what's going on? Um it's like, well, you got to take action. You have to, you know, put your foot on the gas and give it a go. Put it in the drive. Give it a go. Well, well, I can't because my brother did this and this and that. And it really pissed me off. And he was wrong and blah, blah, blah. You know, or I don't have the skill set to do what I need to do. So I'm just going to, you know, maybe uh, find somebody else. And uh, let me let you in a little secret um, for those of you who are involved in Internet marketing. Most of what you see is not real. You know, there's so many marketers out there that that pretend that they live this lavish lifestyle and all, and a lot of it's bullshit. It just is. And um, they do it to, you know, fake it till you make it, which I totally believe in that uh, to a certain extent, only if it keeps you moving forward. But ultimately, you have to figure it out. Ultimately, you have to take uh, the kind of action and, and the responsibility. So... You can look at any area of your life and say, you know what, um, I can't help it because of this. And the moment you go into excuseville, the first thing that you really need to do, um, anytime you find yourself making an excuse, it doesn't matter how legitimate it is, and maybe it is what it is, but as soon as you feel an excuse coming up, you need to stop and ask why you know stop and ask why am I making this excuse how legitimate is this really if I'm making an excuse about this is there any other choice that I could make that wouldn't involve me needing to make an excuse you know or if you start blaming the blame game you know instead of making an excuse maybe you blame well I can't help it I didn't have time really so you actually didn't have time. Let's map out the last two hours that you just spent and take a look at what exactly you did in those two hours. You know, well, you watched your favorite show, so that was an hour. And then, you know, you went to the bathroom. That's kind of a necessity. Um, you know, and then you're talking to a friend of yours or maybe playing a game on your phone or you spent some time catching up on Facebook because, after all, Facebook is important because that's where our customers live, you know. Um, you really have to break things down. You know, uh, time is one of those things that, trust me, I can go to as an excuse really easy. But um, because, A, people think we don't sleep anyway, and we are kind of busy. We're just really focused busy, uh, and there's a difference. 
And so, like, I've had to start correcting my daughters because they have this conception of uh, Kristen and I that we're never available because we're always busy. And I was talking to my daughter just literally a week ago, and she alluded to that. And well, you guys are always busy, and I don't want to interrupt you. And I'm like, you know, I want to talk to you about that because the reality is that we're not always busy. You know, I mean, if you really understood how Kristen and I worked, we accomplished most of what we accomplish on about 25 hours a week of like actual work. Now, <laughs> that's kind of insane whenever you look at what we accomplish. But one of the reasons why we're able to do that is because we're very deliberate and focused whenever we work. And we know how to delegate when we need to. And we love what we do. So, like, we are very much not 9 to 5. Uh, actually, I don't know that we've ever worked a 9 to 5 day in years. <laughs> you know, uh, we, we usually get up pretty early and have breakfast. And... Uh, We'll do some work. Like what we found is the, if you want to break through and how to get shit done, um, what we found is that if you do the hardest work or work that requires the most thought and focus in the times that you're the freshest, which is going to be different for each of you. For me, it's morning uh, and then in early evening, uh, which is why. I do a lot of course creation in the morning and a lot of teaching in the evening. And the days are the uh, times where my focus is shot and I feel tired or distracted or whatever, which is usually mid afternoon. I do nothing. You know, I might go shopping, run errands, you know, surf the net, whatever the case may be. Um, and so I've learned that about myself. And so whenever I catch myself making an excuse like, well, why didn't you get this done? Or I thought you were going to work on that or whatever. It's like, well, I didn't really have time. Well, that's not exactly true. There's always time. Um, and so I find it kind of funny that people use that as a default go-to excuse when in reality it just is an excuse. Um, and then there's other things that, you know, could be completely different. Well, I, I was confused or I had a tech issue or I didn't know where to begin or, I mean, there's any number of excuses that we come up with and the answers are out there. You know, maybe they exist in a course, maybe they exist on YouTube, maybe they exist in somebody that you know, but you don't want to bother them. So you don't pick up the phone or... You're tired, so you don't want to spend five minutes searching on Google to get the answer. Or you have one of my courses and you know the answers in that course, but you don't remember which module. And so you contact my customer support. You know, it's like, come on. <laughs> you know, we're all in this together. Like, do you want to accomplish what you want to accomplish or don't you? You know, I don't think anybody sets out to say, I'm going to live my life being a lazy ass person, sitting on the couch, eating junk food all day long and not doing a damn thing. 
that's who I want to aspire to be. Like, who says that? And I'm not saying that any of you do that. None of us do that, you know, but we have our moments and we justify it as, you know what? I had a really shitty day today. I need chocolate. Um, you know, said Tony and Kristen several times a week, <laughs> you know, but recognize that you're still making an excuse. You're justifying something. Is that chocolate going to add to our bottom line? Yes. Just the wrong one. It's not going to make us any money. It's just going to make our asses bigger, you know? And so, you know, if you're willing to accept that, okay, go for it. Go get the chocolate. Just for God's sake, buy quality chocolate, you know? Um, but the faster that you can take responsibility for everything, and that means, and gosh, if you guys figure this out, it's such a huge win on your part. You know, if there's an area of your life where you're struggling, where you're failing, whether it's personal, interpersonal, um, business, clients, you know, whatever the case may be, and you're struggling and you catch yourself feeling like, oh God, I don't want to do this again, you know, um, or you catch yourself making an excuse or you catch yourself blaming, you know, those three areas where you, you really want to disengage, you know, you just don't want to do this anymore, or you're making an excuse or you, um, or just, you just feel this blame, you know, it's not my fault. I didn't do this. You know, if I had this, you know, whatever, that's when you really want to engage the exploratory part of your brain. And like, you can learn how to do this. As soon as you catch yourself doing it, it's like, hold on a second. Something is going on here. Something is out of alignment in me that is causing this. So what is it? And honestly, take a look at the reason why, you know, why are you blaming? Why are you making an excuse? And you know what? Sometimes it really does come down to you just don't feel like it. And that's fine. You know, if it's ultimately making that decision to unplug, then isn't going to harm anything or set you back or whatever, then give yourself permission to unplug. Unplugging is a natural part of business success. That's why I don't do anything at two o'clock in the afternoon, you know, because, or most of the time anyway, because I'm worthless then, you know, I'm incredibly distracted then. And so uh, whenever you learn your strengths, you know, uh, and even uh, some people would call that a weakness, but I still see it as a strength because I've recognized it. Like I know that's not my best. Um, and then adjust and plan accordingly. Then you don't have to make excuses. You know, like I remember when I first started working on my own, when I started my first business, my own business back in 2000, I was so used to nine to five. Well, actually I worked about 60 hours a week before I had my own business. I, you know, I went from working 60 hours a week for the man to working, you know, a hundred plus hours a week for myself. Freedom, you know, <laughs> but, um, I remember it felt so weird to me at first to like go to the store, like Walmart in the middle of the day, 
because I was so programmed to be working in the middle of the day that I felt guilty. And it was a, a tough struggle, you know, that it was like, I should be at home working. I should be at home working. And I even said as much at times, you know, um, to my first wife, like, we need to hurry up so I can go back and get, get back to work. Well, what do you have to do? Um, well, nothing right now, but, you know, I have X, Y, and Z coming up. So it wasn't that I really had to get home to get back to work. It was that I felt uncomfortable, you know. And so there's even times when, uh, you know, we're facing something or we're going through something and we feel uncomfortable. And so then we start making an excuse or we start blaming. It's like, I don't like this place that I'm in right now. Nobody goes out of their way to put themselves in an uncomfortable situation. Like, well, actually, probably some people do, but... Um, most of us don't, you know, it's like, Hey, you know what? This is going to make me feel uncomfortable. Yes. Let's go for it. And, and so we do it. No, we don't do that normally. Uh, you know, we try to avoid discomfort as much as possible. And so that's why, you know, um, those of you who are, um, not an extrovert and you don't like crowds or those kinds of things, um, it's not about right or wrong, good or evil, cause and effect even. Well, there is some cause and effect in there, but it's just that you don't feel comfortable. Um, it's very uncomfortable for you. Go to a big toy conference. It can be uncomfortable. And it's been funny because um, I, am like, I am like an extroverted introvert. That's kind of how I am. Like, I can talk to people... I can strike up conversations, you know, out of the blue. I can engage people. I can do all that kind of stuff. I mean, I teach webinars and here we are now, you know. Uh, I, so I can do all of that very easily. But that is not my default setting. It just isn't. I have to almost play a role, you know, like become somebody else uh, to, to successfully do that. Other people are just naturally wired that way, like, our um, store manager, Frank, who's with us for this conference, he's friends with half of the freaking toy convention now. I, and it's like, we're, we walk around and he's like, yo, fist bump, you know, what's happening? What's going on? Hey, Frank, what, how's it hanging, buddy? You know, all this kind of stuff and all the women talking to him. And I, it's like, damn, dude, you know, what the heck are you doing? He's like, I'm just being friendly to people. You know, and we're walking around, we're so business focused, like, okay, what do we need to get for the store? And he's just taking it all in and making friends with everybody. So everyone's wired differently. But even in that, like, okay, so let's say that you're an, uh, an introvert. Nothing wrong with that, okay? But there's some things in life that you're going to want to accomplish that relying on the excuse of being an introvert isn't going to get you there. It didn't get me there. I recognized if I don't change, I'm going to die a single lonely man. <laughs> like this is not going to end well for me. And um, and so there's a level of responsibility that you have to take. You want to be an introvert, fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But just understand that if you want to accomplish certain things, it's going to make you uncomfortable, and you're going to have to take responsibility for those actions. So taking responsibility isn't just um, 
understanding why you're avoiding things, you know, or understanding, uh, taking responsibility also isn't just looking at all the bad in your life and saying, okay, I can no longer sweep this under, sweep this under the rug. It is that, you know, your underneath your rug should be clean. There should be no skeletons in your closet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, because that stuff can come back to bite you in the ass. That's just reality. But taking responsibility is also a very positive, proactive thing, just like gratitude is. Um, it's the thing that pushes you and drives you and molds you past where you are. Does it mean that you're going to be uncomfortable? In some cases, yes. hate to tell you. It's just how it is. But in other cases, um, it's addicting. It's almost like the ultimate adrenaline rush. Like whenever you take responsibility for your own life and actions, and notice I said your own life and actions, not anybody else's. Um, you know, uh, it's real easy to take or try to take on responsibility for somebody else. And it's like, well, I just feel like I need to do what I can to help them. Well, helping people is great. I believe in it 100% until you take on the role of enabler or something else. Okay. I can't make decisions for you. And the moment that I try, apart from a coaching, you know, mutually beneficial kind of scenario, or if you've hired me to coach you, that's a different scenario. But the moment that uh, I try to live your life for you or tell you what to do, and you see it a lot in a parent-child relationship, in a husband-wife relationship, in an employee-employer relationship, you see it in a lot of relationships where um, people try to uh, help other folks uh, do what they think they need to do. Um, it's become skewed. That's not taking responsibility. Ultimately, the only person who can effectively influence how your life outcomes uh, comes out, outcomes out, whatever, you got it, comes out, is you. That's it. You should only be taking responsibility for you. Now, whenever you have little kids, that's different. I mean, I think we know that. You know, you should be taking responsibility for your children as well. And whenever your kids are grown, it's hard sometimes, you know, because you want to see them become the best that they can be. And you see them make decisions that perhaps aren't the wisest. And so striking the balance of letting them figure it out versus giving them parental guidance or whatever. There is some responsibility in that. But ultimately... How your life comes out is your responsibility. It's your choice. Okay, so the thing that I love about taking responsibility is that uh, combined with gratitude especially is that it gives us a chance to rewrite history. And what I mean by that is is that it doesn't rewrite history from the perspective of um, what took place, the facts. Like, you can't rewrite the facts. The facts are done. But the facts 
aren't necessarily what influences us, uh, influences us so much in the future, you know, in the now. It isn't so much the facts of what happened in history that affect us as much as our perception of what happened in the past. You know, so and that's what I mean by we can rewrite history because at any given time we can make a choice through responsibility to react differently to what happened. You know, something negative happened to us, even something positive. Something negative happened to us and it just offended us. Um, you know, maybe we had an argument with a sibling or something like that and they knew they were right and we knew we were right and we agreed to disagree, uh, but it's just bothered us for years and now we don't talk to them at all. And, um, you know, we have a broken relationship there. And as I shared in the last show, you know, one of the revelations that came to me back in the day with my first wife was uh, the thought that came to me, everything wrong in your marriage is your fault. And the exact same thought came to her. Um, everything wrong with your marriage is your fault. So 100% of... Uh, like if you look at our marriage back then, if it was all her fault and it was all my fault, that's like 200%. Like, how does that work? Well, the point that was being made is that you can't change the person and that's not your job. Your job is to change yourself and how you respond, how you react. And so that's why, um, you know, I've had situations in my own life. Kristen has had situations in her life where it's like, we're not excusing the wrong that somebody did to us. You know, that's not what we're talking about here. And that goes back to the beginning of the show today. We're not excusing wrong that was done. We are choosing how we respond to that wrong. That's taking responsibility. You're not letting them off the hook. Okay. You're just choosing to not allow that to affect you any longer. That's taking responsibility. Like, well, I guess I was being bitchy, so I deserve for him to, you know, I can see why he punched me in the face. No, that's not what we're talking about here. You know, any dude that punches a woman or vice versa, it's wrong. Okay, unless you're just horsing around and accidents happen, but... But I mean, in anger, in violence, there is no justification to domestic violence, period, you know. Um, but so if you're on the receiving end of that, I don't know why I keep coming back to that. Maybe somebody needs to hear it. But if you're on the receiving end of that, um, they aren't right for doing it. And it doesn't matter how you responded in the situation. But taking responsibility doesn't mean I deserved it. It means that you're making a new choice. You know, and that new choice is I'm not going to put myself in that position again. Like, do you ever uh, hear anybody say, Lord knows I've said it. Um, why does this keep happening to me? <laughs> you know? I mean, whenever I was dating after my divorce and before Kristen, it got so crazy for a while. Like, I noticed that all the women I were dating were Pisces. And even my ex-wife was a Pisces. 
And it got so bad that my Christian mom, who does not believe in astrology, would ask me whenever I told her I was dating somebody new, is she a Pisces? Like, mom, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it surprised me so much. But it was one of those things like, why does this keep repeating? Why does this pattern happening? And all of us have been there in some respect or another, you know, like we get a new car and it breaks down. Uh, and it seems like everything we touch turns to shit. Like those kinds of things happen, right? And we probably pause for a moment and we say, man, you know, this sucks. Like, why does this keep happening? It seems like nobody cares or, you know, I like I always make the wrong choice. You know, we've always been there. I picked the wrong man. You know, he seemed like a nice guy until we got married and then everything changed or vice versa. You know, she was such an amazing woman. And then we got married and everything changed. You know, so we've had those experiences and we scratch our head and then we say, I guess that's just the way it is. Uh, except that it isn't. You know, any moment we could change our mind. And I'm not necessarily saying, you know, I'm not trying to start a new trend where everybody goes out and divorces their spouse. Um, <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. Although internet marketing, I'll tell you what, seems to be the trend um, for various reasons. But what I'm saying is that we have the power Anything you can do to take your power back, which taking responsibility is, is part of that. Um, gratitude is the other part. Those two things are the first two steps that any person can take at any given time to take their power back. Once you take your power back, it's yours to command. It's yours to do whatever you want with it. We tend to give it away. That's our default, you know. And by give it away, sometimes we don't even realize that we give it away, like harboring bitterness and anger, um, you know, stewing on something for longer than we should have, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like if you have 100 units of energy, we'll just do some very simple math here. If you have 100 units of energy and the energy uh, controls everything you do and accomplish in a day, personal business, everything else. And so uh, everything that you harbor, you know, past hurts, um, rejection, anger, bitterness, all that kind of stuff. So all of those things take away points from the hundred you have. And then the positive things, love, gratitude, um, taking responsibility, those add to the energy level that you have. And so if we're harboring bitterness and, and resentment and grief and fear and all that kind of stuff, uh, whenever our day starts, it's like, you know, say five points for each of those things that we're holding on to gets immediately subtracted from our hundred. And for some folks, that could mean they're starting off their day at like 50 or 30 or something like that. And you're so focused on your, your situation and the crap that's going on around you that you're not in gratitude. So you're not dinging those points back up. You're not taking responsibility. You're just blaming everybody and everything, you know, and you don't think people do it. Go to Facebook, you know, read their posts. It's like, Jesus, you know, like my life sucks and this happened again and blah, blah, blah. And I just unfriend them. Like, I don't even want to know. And it's not that they aren't amazing people. They just haven't discovered that they're amazing. 
Um, and I'm very protective of the energy that I take in. And so, uh, so no taking responsibility, no gratitude. And then you wonder why at the end of the day, you're so emotionally and mentally and physically exhausted, you know, as opposed to waking up or going into a new day and making the choice, you know, I've been odds at odds with my sister for years and I don't even remember why anymore. And so let's say that you try to make amends and they reject it and they're still idiots. You taking responsibility for your part in it and then accepting that as enough moves you forward. I'm not saying that the, uh, the relationships or whatever have to necessarily be resolved. What if the other person's dead? It's not like they can apologize. It's how you respond to it. And I mentioned, um, I think it was last week, about being unattached. So un being unattached comes into play even in taking responsibility, which sounds like it shouldn't, but it does. And especially whenever you're dealing with things with other people, okay? Because um, let's say that you're at odds with a sibling and you have been for years and you know you're right and they know they're right and so you're at an impasse. If you take responsibility for your part, admitting that, you know what? Like, I remember years ago, I did a book cover for T.D. Jakes and the uh i think the title of the book was um i think it was him that did this one is it him or mouse monroe i forget now it was called um let's see it was something about being right or or being justified or being right or something like that i forget now but his point was in the book that you can choose to be right okay um, or you can be, uh, justifies in the right word, reconciled, be right or be reconciled. So you can choose to be right, or you can be reconciled. Now they may not want reconciliation, the other person. Okay. They may still be, you know, stuck in their excuses and that's fine. But if you make the effort, you make the choice that, you know what? I may have done some things that were wrong. I'm sorry for that. To me, it's more important to be connected with you than to be disconnected. And so, you know, that's where I'm going to, that's where I'm going to be is regardless of what the outcome of this situation is, I love you, period. And if it means that we still can't interact, I accept that. And so then being unattached to that outcome you know, where, well, I really thought they were going to come around and then they didn't, you know, and then that pulls you back into that stuck place. No, you don't want to go there. Just say, you know what? I made the choice to love them and I do love them. Perhaps they'll come around one day and I can hope for that. But for now, I've done my part. I'm going to move forward. See, that is the position that we need to be in, in relationships for, you know, whenever we're at odds with somebody in relationship that's taking responsibility understanding that 
you had a role to play. Anytime there's two people or more that are involved, even if they ripped you off, you know, let's say you had a business partner that uh, stole money from your company and you had to break with them. You're not letting them off the hook because they stole. What you're doing is you're opening up the door. You're being the bigger person. The energy to that scenario is stuck as long as it's not addressed. You're trying to get flow in that energy again. Okay, so by going to the person, say, look, I know this happened. I know that you did what you did, whether you deny it or not. I really appreciated you as a person back then. And we need to get past this. What can we do? It's like, well, you're freaking crazy. I never stole anything. Blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm sad to hear you say that, that you're unwilling to take responsibility for your part. I'm willing to take responsibility for my part. I just want you to know that if you ever want to talk about this in the future, I'm here. And then walk away. It's not excusing what they did. It's not letting them off the hook. It's getting you off the hook, okay? Because you're taking responsibility for your part. Like, all of this can be really hard to do. I'm not saying that this is like, yay, you know, let's take responsibility for some stupid shit we did in the past or go get pizza. You know, <laughs> most people are going to go for the pizza every time, even if you hate pizzas. Like, I don't even like pizza, but I'm going um, so I understand that this can be challenging at times and that there can be emotion at times. And even the thought of us wanting to go there in and of itself can create excuses or blame or whatever. It's like, well, you know, he could be the person to come and talk to me. You know, why does it have to be me? Because you can't take responsibility for him. You can only take responsibility for yourself. That's why. You know, and it sucks sometimes, but I can tell you from personal experience that the more you do it, um, the higher energy level you're going to have, the more you're going to accomplish, the more permission you're going to give yourself to do things. Because like there's times where things happen and we don't even realize that we've blamed ourselves. You know, like I experienced that in my divorce um, we agreed mutually to divorce. There was some misunderstanding there that we discovered later on. Um, but we couldn't go back and fix that. But what I realized, like a couple years later, um, I was living in my house. I had the front room, uh, set up as a photo studio, it was awesome, you know, where the living room was, because um, I had given her all the furniture and everything, so I really didn't have a lot of furniture, and um, I got into this baking thing, like I was baking cookies and all kinds of stuff, I loved it, and my sister came over one day, and she said, so what's going on here? I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm baking cookies, and she's like, no, that's not what I mean. She's like, Tony, look at your house. You have no furniture. Like, how could you entertain? I'm like, 
Terry, I'm never here. Like I travel all the time. I, you know, I'm on road trips, all this. And she's like, so then why are you baking cookies? Like, I like cookies. She's like, I don't think that's it. I'm like, okay, what do you think it is? She's like, I think you miss home. Like, I am home. What are you talking about? She's like, this is not a home. This is a place that you sleep. This is a place that you visit. You successfully created a hotel. And I'm like, you're crazy. You know, <laughs> like, I don't know what you're talking about. You're insane. She's like, well, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I want you to think about it. And I did think about it and it like freaking haunted me. And finally I realized that she was right, which admitting that your sister is right about stuff can be challenging sometimes, but, um, she was right. And it really opened up my eyes that I wasn't taking responsibility. You know, uh, our divorce was a two sided thing. It wasn't just, you know, her leaving and me, whatever. Um, we were in it together. And so what I discovered was that even though I knew we made the right decision ultimately, and you know, she did as well, she got married fairly quickly after our divorce. Um, but what I realized was that there was a level, like, I think maybe part of it was because I didn't know how to deal with the grieving part. I don't know. But ultimately what I recognized, and it wasn't an overnight discovery, it, it really had to be an ongoing conscious effort of taking responsibility for my part of everything that happened and recognizing. Sometimes we don't even see. But I realized that by me not putting furniture in my house and making do with what I had, which was like a card table and a borrowed bed and a couch for my aunt and stuff like that. You know, even though I'm making, you know, a couple hundred grand a year, I had like no furniture in my house. It's kind of crazy. Um, at that time, you know, but I realized that by me not having furniture in my house, somehow that was making up for my role in the divorce. So it was a bit of a martyr kind of thing, um, dynamic that was going on. And like, like my personal crucifixion, as you will, to atone for what happened, you know, some of you may take offense to how I phrase that, but it really does sum it up. Sometimes we feel like we have to atone for something and make up for it because we feel guilty or it didn't go the way we expected or whatever. And so we think if we do X, Y, Z, that somehow that will make up for it. That is not taking responsibility at all. It's a form of escapism, actually. Um, it's, it's our logical mind thinking, oh, well, if I do this, that'll make it right. And it doesn't. It just kind of haunts us. And so whenever I realized that that's actually what I was doing and um, that I was trying to atone for something that I felt guilty for, when consciously I didn't feel guilty, like it was a deep-seated kind of thing. And I took responsibility for my role in it and just let it go. In two weeks' time, 
all of a sudden, like, I wanted to go shop for furniture. It was the weirdest thing. And in two weeks' time, I had a brand new household furniture. I bought a new car. Um, all of that. And it released something in me. And finally, I felt like, you know what? I'm going to build a home. You know, I'm going to create a place that I love. And that was after years of living with nothing, basically. So there, it wasn't a money thing. I could have bought furniture I wanted at any time, any amount of furniture that I wanted. It wasn't that. It wasn't the justification that I came up with. Well, I'm never home, so it doesn't really matter. It was a much deeper thing. I was making a lot of excuses. I wasn't even blaming anybody. I was just making excuses. And I was self-deceiving. You know, it's not that big of a deal, you know, whatever. Um, you know, I mean, I made up all these things, but there was actually something deeper going on. And once I faced that and dealt with it, everything changed. <clears throat> and uh, you're going to experience the same thing. Um, was it all better roses? No. I mean, it's taking me literally years to get through a lot of the shit that I've got through with myself. Apparently, like, I was the king of being full of shit because I've had a lot of it to work through. Um, and you can probably say the same thing about yourself, but, you know, I can't work through your stuff. I can only work through my own. But uh, that's really the message that I have for you today. You know, it's real easy to blame. It's real easy to put it off. It's real easy to deflect. It's real easy to make excuses like, it seems like it's real easy to do all that kind of stuff. But just like I've challenged you in the past with regard to stress and worry and all of those kinds of things, how exactly is you deflecting that stuff and making excuses or blaming, how is that going to move you forward in a positive way? Like, that really is the question. And the answer is simple. It's not. It's not going to move you forward. So the power of choice that we have is choosing to be grateful. First and foremost, number one, gratitude. Be grateful for what we have. Even if it seems like we have nothing. Perception is everything. And then step two really is taking responsibility. Now, I, I wanted, we're at the top of the hour and we have to get going to the show, but I, there's one other thought that just popped into my head and I feel like I, I would be remiss if I didn't touch on it. Maybe we'll expand on it next week, who knows. Um, taking responsibility isn't just taking responsibility for all the negative crap that's going on. Taking responsibility also includes... So, gratitude does as well, by the way, also includes taking responsibility for the awesome that you are, the skills that you have, the talents that you have, the knowledge that you have, the relationships that you've built. Like, that's part of taking responsibility, too. It isn't just dealing with all the crap, but you do have to deal with the crap. You can't have one without the other. But it's also owning your brilliance, owning your genius, 
that's taking responsibility. Um, and those of you who have been following me for a long time, I'm sure has seen a transformation in me over the last five or six years where I finally said, you know what? If people don't like Tony, you know, this version of Tony, the real Tony, the nerd Tony, sorry, find somebody else to follow or talk to or be friends with. Because for a long time, I made excuses about, you know, other people say, oh, you'd be so awesome at doing X, Y, or Z. I'm like, well, I could maybe see myself do that. And I would try to do that. Try to be what somebody else thinks I should be. That's not taking responsibility. Taking responsibility is, you know what? I am who I am. I have this specific set of skills. I can do these things. I'm pretty good at this and that and other. And then own it. Like I've known for years that I wanted to teach. I thought that teaching meant I had to do it through the church. It never even occurred to me that I could teach people how to use software, or how to publish their own books, or encourage people through you know, a podcast like this. Like It never occurred to me that I could do that. But once I owned the fact, took responsibility for the fact that, you know what, I'm a teacher. Like I can't help it. That's what I do. It's who I am. Then everything was cool. You know, and it's not to say that you don't get better, but taking responsibility and owning your greatness, owning who you are, lays the foundation for you to grow on that. Everything is about flowing energy, if you haven't figured that out now, and getting rid of the stuck stuff. So gratitude and taking responsibility are probably the two greatest tools in our tool pouch to help get rid of the stuck stuff and accentuate the great stuff. And whenever we do that, whenever you do that, life gets better. I've never seen it not improve. So that's all that I have. I'm going to take a couple quick comments and then we'll wrap this up because we have vendors to go see. <laughs> Jess says, very true, when you make a decision or a choice, whether it's bad or good, it's your responsibility. Absolutely. Jess says, true, uh, regarding the abuse, um, if you continue to stay there and let him or her continue, then it's your fault. Yeah, and that does tie into responsibility. Like, it's, I've never been in that level of an abuse, you know, from situation, emotional and all that, yes, but never physical. Um, and I know sometimes it can be incredibly challenging to leave you can fear for your life and so on. I mean, that's what we encountered with the the one gal that we helped. She was fearful for her life. And honestly, that dude was so freaking insane. I like to me, in my thinking, it was a foredrawn conclusion. If she didn't get out, she'd be dead. Uh, just based on some of the things that he said to the police. <laughs> it's like, First of all, A, why would you even say that to the police? You know, like that isn't going to go well. Somebody isn't planning well. Uh, but 
you know, that's why I was, you know, really motivated. We got to get her out, you know, do whatever it takes to get her out. And I'm glad that we did. But, um, and William brings up a great point, which I totally believe. Um, it's very clear we get or become what we think of most. If we want something different, we have to first address our inner selves and then take massive action as you state. It's truly amazing that the games our mind plays on us and the stories that we tell ourselves. Yeah, really great points, William. Mavis says, thanks for your commentary and for your sharing, uh, sharing your insights and your life stories. I love that you pointed out that we get to need to take responsibility for the good stuff, not just the bad. Yeah, I mean, it really is a, a big part of it. I see a lot of people who absolutely don't live to their potential, you know, who are constantly second guessing themselves. And I don't know, I just, I love to see when people connect to the greatness that they have in them. Uh, Lorda says, that was uh, very needed as I'm very quick to take responsibility for the bad stuff, but never taking it for the good. I needed that. Thank you. You're welcome. And Lorda says, I always felt that taking responsibility for the good is somehow taking credit uh, for credit that actually belongs to God. And, you know, I'd like to say something to that because um, I hear a lot of folks and most of you pretty much know where I stand with regard to church and spirituality and all that. Um, but I've also found that like one of the big blames, especially for people who are involved in church, one of the big escapism, excuse building, blame game things is God. It's like, well... I need to pray about it, and then I'll let you know what God shares with me. It's, I'm self-censoring. It is baloney <laughs> to think that, you know. A lot of people will um, blame God, so to speak, say, well, if God's will, if God's will um, shares that, you know, I should do that, then I will. No, you just don't want to do it, and you're looking for an excuse to get out of it. In most cases, um, God's not going to come off his throne and appear in your living room and say, you know what? You totally should do this, dude, like this is you right here. Like God, Jesus, nobody's going to do that. So for you to to make a decision based on something, I'm not saying that you won't get a leading in prayer. Happens all the time. Happens for me all the time. I trust prayer. But a lot of people will use that as an excuse. So I appreciate what you said, Lourdes, because um, by you taking responsibility for the good is honoring God. Because God's the one that created you with those specific skills. Like, oh, look, she's using what I gave her. Oh, she's not taking responsibility for it. You know, it's like, well, I'd like to give credit to God. Well, God isn't going to say, well, yeah, I mean, I'm God. You know, I totally rock at this. You know, it isn't like that at all. 
to me, whenever we don't step into who we were created to be, it's a complete disservice. That's dishonoring God. You want to dishonor God? Don't live to your potential. Okay? And don't blame him. <laughs> I mean, geez. Like, well, I've been praying to see if God wants me to do X, Y, Z. He does. Go do it. Okay? It's that simple. I've said that to people. You know, whenever they fire that back at me, well, I don't know if that's something that God wants me to do or if that's part of his will for me or not. It is. Go do it. It wouldn't be in your radar if it wasn't. Okay? So just keep that in mind. I'm very matter of fact. <laughs> you have to be. You have to be proactive. You have to get to a point where it's like, you know what? This is bullshit. I'm just going to do it. You know, I remember one time when I was still involved in the church, we were having this prayer thing with the worship team. And one of the senior leaders was praying this prayer. And he's like, God, come down and give us a passion for the lost so that we can go out and, you know, and reach them for your kingdom and all this. And I said, hold up a minute. <laughs> you know, like I raised my hand. We're in the middle of prayer. And I'm like, hold on. Like, you just basically pray, God, come down and kick us in the behind to make us do what you've already told us to do. Why would you pray that? Like, we know what the Bible says. We know what we're told to do. We're commanded to do X, Y, Z. Now, granted, I'm talking in the context of the moment. All right. Um, but that's what I said. I called him out on it. And not to embarrass him. But we get stuck in our own shit. You know, we get stuck in our own cycles. And that kind of stuff becomes blind to us. It's like if God said, go into all the world and preach the good news, then go. You don't need any further permission. I mean, serious. So anyway, I digress. Um, AJ, you can always um, catch my podcast. There's a link on the uh, sales page. If you scroll down to the bottom of the page here on uh, nerdunscripted.com, you'll see replays on SoundCloud, and it's also on iTunes, so you can subscribe to it on iTunes. Whoops. So you can always catch it there. If you just click on replays on SoundCloud, it will take you to my SoundCloud page, and there they all are. You can watch, listen to all of them. Yeah, Mavis says, physical abuse is and can be life-threatening. Emotional abuse undermines and then destroys lives. Absolutely. Um, which is why uh, emotional abuse is every bit as important to get out from under as physical abuse. Uh, Kathleen says, thank you for this Tuesday morning session. I look forward to it all week. You're very welcome. Tony says, took a lot of working out that blame and responsibility is not the same thing.
And I'm not quite sure which what you're referring to, Gary, here, but he says, um, that alone would be worth the whole show, what I'm greatly confused about. I'm going through Purpose Driven Life now. Um, Purpose Driven Life is a, a great resource. I mean, I went through that years ago. Um, and what I would encourage you in that is, like, if you reflect, I, I realize that today's talk was very frank, okay? Um, but what I would challenge you in, as you're going through that, look at that from the perspective of, like, how can I take responsibility for each step of this process? Um, very often, like, the, the sweet spot, the magic spot in all of this, purpose-driven life or anything else, is getting ourselves to the point, uh, and I'm just going to speak to you within the context of that book, um, taking responsibility of your life, your actions, your past, present, and future, together with gratitude to move you to a position where all of your actions are working with God, not against Him. Okay? Or for those of you who are more metaphysical, that you're working with spirit. It's all the same difference, in case you ever figure that out. Um, but you're working with spirit. You're not working against. And very often, it's like we're salmon trying to freaking swim upstream. When putting your butt in a big, uh, you know, floaty device and just go with the flow of the stream, that's where the magic is. You know, again, like I said last week, the whole let go and let God thing. The magic is in just floating with the flow and trusting that it's going to get you to where you want to be. So as you're going through, you know, and, and trying to discern and decipher, where am I placing blame? Where am I pushing off responsibility or whatever? Understand that the whole purpose here is to just come into alignment and move into positive flow, you know, to flow with where we want to be. And for those of you who really struggle with embracing who you are, the flow takes you to your own greatness. Like if you want to know where you're headed, that's where the river goes. The river takes you to your own greatness. All right. Well, that's all I have, folks. Thank you very much for taking time out of your day to join me.